Section 45 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brian Keenan. Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 1, Section 45. North Carolina, Wednesday 20. I crossed the Dan and Stanton rivers and came to C.S., poor and worthy people. The woman professes sanctification, and the man appears to be much given up to God. I had uncommon enlargement of spirit in speaking on Mark 11.24. Thursday 21. I am filled with love from day to day. Oh, bless the Lord for the constant communion I enjoy with him. Sanctification is the doctrine which is most wanted to be preached among the people here, whom the more I know, the more I love. Antinomians are laboring to spread their tenets among them, but they will give way, as holiness of heart and life is pointedly enforced and pressed home upon their consciences. This is the best antidote to the poison. Sunday 24 I always find the Lord present when I go to the throne of grace. Oh, that the Lord may keep me from moment to moment. I received a letter from J.W., a faithful youth, that bids fair to make a great man of God, and a useful preacher of the gospel. I began to fear I should have no one to travel with me, and pilot me in this strange land, when providentially Brother J.C. met me. I find my greatest trials to arise from taking thought. It is by this Satan tries to come in. It is my constitutional weakness to be gloomy and dejected. The work of God puts life into me. And why despond? The land is before us, and nothing can hurt us but divisions among ourselves. Virginia I preached the funeral sermon of Philip Adams, one of our preachers. He died last March. This duty I performed the more cheerfully, believing that such would have been his choice had I been within reach at the time of his death. My subject was 1 Kings 13, 30. P.A. was a man of grace, and his gifts increased. He was steady and closely attached to the doctrine and discipline of the Methodists. He died happy in the Lord, and I doubt not but that he has gone where the wicked cease from troubling, and the weary are at rest. North Carolina, Sunday, March 3. I preached the funeral sermon of Mrs. Harrison, the wife of T. Harrison, on Dan River. Although there was snow on the ground, many people attended, to whom I spoke on 1 Corinthians 15, 57-58. Mr. H. appears to be deeply distressed at the loss of his wife. I hope it will terminate in a concern for his own soul. He offered me a large reward for my services. Money is not my object. I have great affection for C. Kennan, one of the most sensible Calvinists in these parts. He acknowledges he found his religion among the Methodists. His system he borrowed from Witsius. Fletcher has cured him of the disease of disputation. He reads him with delight, even while he is prostrating the pillars against which he leans. Tuesday 5. I enjoy great peace. My soul resteth in God from day to day, and from moment to moment. Saturday 9. I have had hard work, but the Lord supports me, and daily keeps me in his love. This bears up my spirit under all the usage and fatigues I undergo. Notice is taken here of a preacher's words and actions. 
We must therefore be cautious, and not lay a stumbling block before the weak. It is my duty to labor for God and souls without a complaining word. Tuesday 12. I have been much tried this day two various ways. I feel myself greatly humbled. This morning I poured out my soul to God in the granary, and was refreshed in my spirit. When we came to New Hope Creek, we could not ford it, so I crossed on a log. Hitherto the Lord has helped me. I would not live always, neither would of choice know what is before me. Sunday 17. I preached with great liberty to a solemn, attentive people. I met society, and the people spoke freely. I am willing to travel and preach as long as I live, and I hope I shall not live long after I am unable to travel. I obtained the promise of brothers P. Bruce and O'Kelly to join heartily in our connection. I feel much let out in spirit for the preachers who are to meet in conference, that we may all be united together in love and peace and firm resolves to carry on the work which God hath called us to. Sunday 24 At Kimbrough I preach to a large congregation, but I am afraid the word preached will not profit them. I spoke warmly for about an hour, there came on a rain, and the people appeared to be more afraid of their saddles being wet than their souls being lost. Wednesday 27 I preached to about 100 people at the tabernacle on Deuteronomy 33:29. I trust there is more of the life of God here now than when I was here last. Thursday 28. I felt much this day from the coldness of the weather, but no matter. Brother Ogburn met me again. I am generally blessed with the preachers. When one leaves me, another meets me, and my soul enjoys God as a satisfying portion. Sunday, April 7. I preached at Roanoke Chapel on, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love, etc. It may be for the last time. I hasted on to preach a funeral sermon at Brother John Seward's at the interment of a young woman who had been a member of our society about five years. She died suddenly, and I trust rests from her labors. Friday, 12. I preached at the widow F.S. on Work Out Your Own Salvation with Fear and Trembling. We rode to J. Keese's to be ready for quarterly meeting, to be held next day at White Oak Chapel. Saturday 13. We met Mr. Jarrett, but he had such a cold he refused to preach. I spoke on The Children Thou Shalt Have After Thou Hast Lost Thy Others, etc. We had a love feast at four o'clock in the evening. It was truly a gracious season. Many spoke freely and feelingly of the goodness of God. Sunday 14. I preached at the chapel, and we then went to church. I read the lessons of Mr. Jarrett, who preached a great sermon on union and love from the 123rd Psalm. We received the sacrament, and afterward went home with Mr. Jarrett, that we might accompany him to our conference. I have been much tried, inwardly and outwardly. I have been deeply and solemnly engaged in public, in families, and more especially in private, for a blessing on the people, and for union and strength among the preachers at our approaching conference. Tuesday 16. We set out, and on the next day, 17th, reached Ellis's, at whose house we held a conference. The people flocked together for preaching. 
Mr. Jarrett gave us a profitable discourse on the fourteenth chapter of Hosea. In the evening, the preachers met in conference, as there had been much distress felt by those of them of Virginia, relative to the administration of the ordinances, I proposed to such as were so disposed, to enter into a written agreement, to cleave to the old plan, in which we had been so greatly blessed, that we might have the greater confidence in each other, and know on whom to depend. This instrument was signed by the greater part of the preachers, without hesitation. Next morning I preached on Philippians 2, 1 through 5. I had liberty, and it pleased God to set it home. One of the preachers, James Haw, who had his difficulties, was delivered from them all. And with the exception of one, all the signatures of the preachers present were obtained. We received seven interconnection, and four remained on trial. At noon, Mr. Jarrett spoke on the union of the attributes. Friday, 19. We amicably settled our business and closed our conference. Mr. Jarrett preached on, A man shall be as a hiding place from the wind, and a covert from the tempest, etc. We had a love feast. The power of God was manifested in a most extraordinary manner. Preachers and people wept, believed, loved, and obeyed. Saturday 20. We rode upwards of thirty miles to Captain Smith's without eating or drinking. Sunday 21. Held quarterly meeting at Boisseau's Chapel. The glory is strangely departed here. I preach with liberty on They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. From thence I hasted to Mr. Jarrett's barn, where the people were waiting, to whom I enlarged on James 4, 7-10. through 10. Mr. Jarrett seemed all life, and determined to spend himself in the work of God, and visit what circuits he could. I am persuaded the separation of some from our original plan about the ordinances will, upon the whole, have a tendency to unite the body together, and to make preachers and people abide wherein they are called. I feel abundant cause to praise God for what he has done. Monday 22 I rode thirty miles to Brother Finney's, in Amelia, without any refreshment. I have constant peace, and my soul enjoys more calm than heretofore. Some pain, indeed, was felt in parting with my Virginia brethren, as though I had left something valuable behind me. Thursday 25 I rode forty-three miles in order to reach Fluvanna Circuit, and next day preached at the broken-backed church. Tuesday 30 Rode to Dr. Hopkins's and preached with liberty from Psalm 145, 17-19. I hope our meeting was not in vain. Lord, preach thy word by thy Holy Spirit. Let me not travel and spend my strength for naught, and thine shall be the glory. Lord's Day, May 5. I preached with freedom on the parable of the sower at Brother H. Fry's in Culpeper County. He professeth sanctification. I find many of the people and some of the local preachers quite warm about the ordinances, on which subject there is much disputation. Blessed be God, in the midst of it all I have quiet and patience, and hope shortly to get into a more peaceable clime. My face is to the north. Friday 10 I preached at Culpeper Courthouse. The people were serious and attentive. Here I heard the good news that Britain had acknowledged the independence for which America has been contending. May it be so. 
The Lord does what to him seemeth good. Wednesday, 15. Our quarterly meeting began in Fairfax Circuit. I preached with but little consolation to my own soul. Next day there was some move in the love feast. One sinner brought under conviction, and one backslider reclaimed. Friday, 17. I set out with Brother G, who has given up his separating plan. The Lord has conquered him, and I hope that all who are worthy will return. Maryland, Monday 20. A few of us began conference in Baltimore. Next day we had a full meeting. The preachers all signed the agreement proposed at the Virginia conference, and there was a unanimous resolve to adhere to the old Methodist plan. We spent most of the day in examining the preachers. We had regular daily preaching. Monday, Brother Ellis preached. On Tuesday, I spoke on 1 Timothy 4, 12. Wednesday, 22. We had many things before us. Our printing plan was suspended for the present for want of funds. Friday, 24. Was set apart for fasting and prayer. We had a love feast, the Lord was present, and all was well. The preachers in general were satisfied. I found myself burdened with labors and cares. We have now 59 traveling preachers, and 11,785 in society. Our young men are serious, and their gifts are enlarged. Saturday 25 Rode to Brother Lynch's to get quiet and rest after so much haste and bustle and business. I want to be retired, to answer my letters. I feel a great necessity of being more than ever given up to God. I hope he will yet do great things for us this year. Saturday, June 1. I spent a considerable part of this week at Mr. Goff's, in answering letters, in reading and retirement. I now return to Baltimore under a deep sense of the goodness of God. Monday 3. Set out for Calvert, preached on the way at West River. I spoke to about 100 poor people, whom I exhorted to seek that they might find. After dinner I retired and sat down on a log beside the water for nearly two hours, and had sweet communion with God. It is not the place, nor the posture of the body, that constitutes the real worshipper. Yet, at proper times and convenient places, it is good to kneel before the Lord our Maker. We came to Herring Bay, and thence went to a place formerly called Hell Corner, and thus named because of the desperate wickedness of the people. Yet even here hath God brought many poor souls to the knowledge of himself. Thursday 6. Rose at four o'clock and spent an hour in private. Rode through the heat sixteen miles to Childs's barn, where I spoke on Second Corinthians 4, 16, and where God has already wrought on the hearts of many, bringing them to the knowledge of the truth. Friday 7. We have a pleasant rain after great heat and drought, for which we have cause to praise God. Saturday 8. There was an extraordinary hail near this place a few days ago. Sunday 9. Rose in peace. My soul is solidly given up to God, although I am sorely tempted. Friday 14. I had many of the rich to hear, to whom I spoke on John seven seventeen. In the course of my preaching I was led to strike at deism. I learned afterward that Dr. Blank 
a professed deist, was present. I love these poor people, and I believe some of them love me. I hope the time to favor them will yet come. Virginia, Saturday, 22. I preached at Leesburg, and again on Sunday afternoon. I fear to little purpose. God be merciful to these people. I must now retire. My morning and evening hour is as my daily bread. Wednesday, 26. Rode to S's under the Blue Ridge. Neither the place comfortable nor the people lively. I believe but few of the hearers understood me. I have read the lives of Mr. Gilpin and Mr. Latimer, and took good heed of the life of Mr. B. I admire their spirit, writing, and speaking. There is something in them all so methodistical. I find it difficult to get time, strength, and place for retirement. Nevertheless, I do not neglect it. From S's we crossed the ridge to Heights, where we rested and were comforted. We crossed the mountain at the Gap, near my bed where I slept last summer, and riding up the North River made our journey near twenty miles. When we came there, we found that the people had gone to bury our old friend S, so that we had seven miles farther to go. Arriving, we found them handing about their stink-pots of mulled whiskey. We have not unfrequently to lodge in the same room with the family, the houses having but the one room, so that necessity compels us to seek retirement in the woods. This, with the nightly disagreeables of bugs to annoy us, shows the necessity of crying to the Lord for patience. In the midst of all, I thank God, I enjoy peace of mind. Oh, how many thousands of poor souls have we to seek out in the wilds of America, who are but one remove from the Indians in the comforts of civilized society, and considering that they have the Bible in their hands, comparatively worse in their morals than the savages themselves. The want of religion among them arises, I apprehend, from the badness of their own hearts, and from their hearing corrupt doctrines. Saturday, July 6. We crossed the great mountain, and being obliged to walk down its opposite side, I was much fatigued. Arriving at the widow George's, I preached on, My spirit shall not always strive with man. I had been sorely tried in body and mind. I now spoke with delight. Sunday 7. In recrossing the mountain, on my way to Mill Creek, I was obliged to walk up and down its sides, and was greatly tired. I delivered a short discourse, with pleasure, to about three hundred people. Afterward, Brother Haggerty spoke to them. It rained before and after preaching, but held up while we worshipped by the side of the stream, for want of a house. After preaching, we rode to the branch, making a Sabbath day's journey of nearly forty miles. Monday 8. I am sick and weary. Ah, how few are there who would not choose strangling rather than life and the labors we undergo, and the hardships and privations we are compelled to submit to. Blessed be God, we have hope beyond the grave. Thursday 11. At Patterson Creek I struck at the root of antinomianism while speaking at Jones's. Certain sectarians were not well pleased at this. Once in Christ and always safe. This is a favorite morsel to some. Friday 12. Road to the North Branch, crossed the Nobbly Mountain. At its foot we stopped, ate a little bread, drank fine water, prayed, and then went forward to Cresseps. 
I was pretty plain on Isaiah 55, 6-7. Here Colonel Barrett met me, and conducted me two miles up the Allegheny. We were riding until near ten o'clock. The road was dreary, and the night was dark. I wanted rest and found it. We had nearly two hundred people to hear in this newly settled country. They were attentive, and I hope God will do something for them. After preaching on John seven seventeen, we set out on our return. I was much fatigued, and it rained hard. My poor horse, too, was so weak from the want of proper food that he fell down with me twice. This hurt my feelings exceedingly, more than any circumstance I met with in all my journey. Sunday 14. Was rainy, however it cleared away time enough to get to Williams's on the south branch. Brother Haggerty preached an excellent discourse on He would have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth after which I spoke about forty minutes on Proverbs 1, 23-25. I am not so pious as I want to be. I pray much, but I do not watch and pray enough. In the course of the labors of the day, I purpose to do it more. Since Thursday, we have ridden sixty miles along incredibly bad roads, and our fare was not excellent. Oh, what pay would induce a man to go through wet and dry, and fatigue and suffering, as we do? Souls are our hire. Tuesday 16. We proceeded along to Great and Little Capon, over rough and stony roads. Wednesday 17. We went on through devious roads and arrived at Guesses. Here I set on a scheme to prevent my horse from falling lame, that had yesterday lost a shoe. It was to bind round his foot a piece of the neck of a bull's hide. My contrivance answered the purpose well. Thursday, 18. I preached at Stephen Harlan's under the spreading trees on David's charge to Solomon. Thence rode on to Boydstone's, where we stayed one day, which afforded us the first leisure time since Monday morning we have had to sit down and write. I am at times greatly concerned that there are no visible movings and instantaneous conversions among the people. Saturday, 20. Preached at Shepherdstown to about 200 people. From thence, crossing the Potomac, came to Woods. Maryland, Sunday, 21. I preached to a large congregation of poor sinners, who appeared hard and ignorant. We went forward to Fredericktown, where I arrived much fatigued and unwell. Yet I preached in the courthouse at six o'clock, on Luke 19, 41-42. Saturday, 27. Being unwell, I declined going to Baltimore and went to Perry Hall, where I found my dear friend Thomas White. On the Sabbath day we read prayers in the family, and I preached in the afternoon on Second Chronicles 32, 24-25. Monday 29. Closely employed in answering letters from various parts. I find it hard to keep the power of religion, yet I feel that my soul is stayed upon God. I want to be moving on. If I rest a few days I am tried. Blessed be God, who thus embitters inactive quiescence to me. I am impelled forward by my desires of comfort for myself, and sincere wishes to be useful to the Church, and to the world of sinners. Thursday, August 1. Preached at the Fork Preaching House to about 100 people. Pennsylvania, Monday 12. Rode to Little York, and dined with Mr. Otterbein and Mr. Magner. 
I had many hearers in the German schoolhouse. This is a day which I ought to remember with gratitude. I borrowed a young mare, and as I rode along, with my hands in my pockets, she blundered and fell. In the scuffle I had thoughts of throwing myself off, but did not. After some time she recovered, and I praised the Lord who had preserved me in such imminent danger. Monday 19 I see God will work among Mennonists, Dunkers, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Episcopalians, Dutch, English, no matter. The cause belongs to God. Sunday 25 Rode ten miles to Benson's preaching house, where there were, I suppose, nearly four hundred hearers collected. After preaching here at ten o'clock, I rode six miles farther, and preached to about five hundred people at the Valley Preaching House. Tuesday 27 After preaching to a small congregation of unengaged hearers, we rode to Philadelphia. What a noisy, disagreeable place! Oh, for something of that simplicity which dwelt among the dwellers in tents! But the souls of the people are precious. End of section 45. Recording by Brian Keenan.